The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is the Pick 6 Podcast, and this is Super Wildcard Weekend Monday Night Recap Edition. That's Will Brinson. That's John Breach. I'm Ryan Wilson. Remember, so thumbs up if you're watching us on YouTube, at NFL and CBS, and of course, subscribe to every podcast so you never miss the show. All right, boys. We're starting Buffalo, where the Bills jumped out to a 21-0 lead, messed around for the next 20 minutes or so, then stepped on the gas, and they did it with Josh Allen playing at a high level, the type of level that the Bills are going to need to get past their next opponent. Kansas City Chiefs coming to town, but there'll be plenty of time to dive into that matchup later. For now, let's talk about how different this Bills team is than the one that was going six and six into the bye and have now won six straight. Breach, what were your impressions of what you saw from this Bills team today? And more importantly, do you feel like you can trust Josh Allen to be good, Josh, for the next month or so? Well, first, Wilson, I would just like to send my condolences to you. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, and really everyone in the entire state of Pennsylvania, because what a nightmare day uh, for the old Keystone State with the Steelers and Eagles both losing. You go from having two teams in the playoffs to no teams in the playoffs. Um, but I'm sure you'll talk about the Steelers and their future in a second. With the Bills, I think we were kind of – talking about this a little bit last week, where if Josh Allen, we saw it in week 18, where he plays hero football, turns the ball over, things get crazy, and you're like, well, if he plays like that in the playoffs, they're going to lose. And then we saw second half Josh Allen go off against the Dolphins, no turnovers, play like Superman, and they run away with a win. And if that Josh Allen shows up in the playoffs, then you like their chances, not just to get out of the wild card round, but to maybe get to the Super Bowl. And so that really felt like the Josh Allen. He didn't try to do anything crazy in this game. He had a couple uh, absolutely absurd throws, a couple of his touchdown passes where you're just kind of, you, you drop your jaw uh, and just appreciate it. I mean, that's all you can do. After the George Pickens fumble, he had the one play, 29-yard drive with the 29-yard TD pass to uh, Dalton Kincaid. 
It was just fun watching him play today, and I haven't even brought up the fact that he had one of the craziest runs you'll ever see by a quarterback with the fake slide. Whoop-de-whoop! Steelers players like, oh, he's sliding. Let's get away. And then he kind of creeps through a hole and goes 52 yards for a touchdown. And so, man, if Josh Allen plays the way he did today, smart football, totals four touchdowns, nearly 300 yards of total offense, they can beat anyone. That's how I feel. And I think Brinson does because he loves the Bills more than anyone. Weren't they your preseason pick to get to the Super Bowl, even though they're my Super Bowl draft team? To win the Super Bowl. I have the Bills over the 49ers. Um, We have... What, uh, eight teams left? And I mean, Ravens would have, uh, I think if you redrafted it right now, it would be Niners one, Ravens two, or Bills two. Would you go Bills two or Ravens two if you were redrafting right now? Like, I mean, I guess you go Ravens because you get the Texans for instead of the Chiefs, but the Bill, I mean, the Bills look like the best, like the Bills are the scariest team. Right. That's that's what we talked about for, for weeks leading up to the playoffs was, OK, the Bills have kind of like effed around with their food a little bit and have had some weird luck in these, some of these games all season long. But if they get to the playoffs, they are the team that no one wants to play. I mean, that that's what we called the Bills from weeks. Uh, I'm trying to think week 14, maybe on. They were 6-6 going into their bye. They came out and they won that game against the Chiefs, and that's when one person on this podcast said, I think the Bills can make the playoffs, and two people on this podcast laughed at that other person, but I don't want to name them. But then you oddly like bailed on the Bills and and let me take the Bills back. They won their final five games of the regular season after losing, and they should have beaten the Eagles going into the bye in Week 12. They haven't lost since Thanksgiving, basically the week, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Josh Allen has had some ups and downs, but mostly ups. Really, the only down was that game against Miami when they had already clinched a playoff spot and were no longer a win and you ha- like have to win to get in sort of situation. And man, it, it does feel, and I'll be curious to see what the mentality is versus the Chiefs, and you can kind of guess what the spread is. It's pretty obvious. But um, the difference in playing the Chiefs versus playing, and all the sort of P- PTSD and psychological damage from 13 seconds and Mahomes winning. This is Mahomes' first road game, by the way, and first road playoff game in his career. Um, this game to me felt like, and, I, and Wilson, I sort of got the vibe from you as a Steelers fan, in, in chat, like, hey, you know, wasn't really expecting to win this game. Josh Allen came into it. They, the Bills came into it going, okay, we're playing a defense with no TJ Watt against a team that we know can't score on us. Don't do anything stupid. Convert enough third downs. Get 21 points on the board, and we're probably winning this. They end up um, 24 first downs. Just go five of 12 on third down, but two or three in the red zone and 5.6 yards per play to 5.1 yards per play. Yeah, I, I think a lesser team could have easily fallen to the Steelers team, but the Bills just sort of did what they had to do, right? Yeah, I thought well, the Bills balled out. Go ahead, Breach. I was going to ask you, Wilson, at what point as a Steelers fan were you like, okay, well, this game's over? And don't say as soon as the Steelers got off the bus. No, no. And it's funny you say that because uh, 
I'll start with this. This game to me felt like Chiefs Dolphins, and no offense to producer Harry, but in that the Dolphins were undermanned and were had a huge hill to climb. And that's why I wasn't putting too much in the Chiefs win in terms of what it means going forward in much the same way to really like the Bills comp. are playing well. But we'll find out. They got to play each other. But in terms of how I felt about this game, I enjoyed it. And, and uh, Harry was sent me a message in, in our little group chat and privately he, he said, Hey, at least you gave the Bills a fight. And um, my response was, I don't even mind these games. I had zero expectations, and it's just gravy to be playing in the playoffs, is what I wrote. And I said, what I used to hate and used to really make me angry was when Big Ben would throw four interceptions in these games when they were supposed to win. This is just, uh, <laughs> yeah. I described them as a plucky team. I, I thought it was fun watching Mason Rudolph not be terrible. And look, when your biggest problem is George Pickens and Pat, Pat Frymuth fumbling the ball, uh, that means that things are going worst case scenario and it's not the quarterback. TJ Watt didn't play. The defense struggled to tackle. Breach, you talked about how good um, Josh Allen was in the open field and that touchdown. In addition to the throws that he made, they provided balance. And look, I'll say this. We thought of the, at the time when Sean McDermott fired Ken Dorsey, that he was just overreacting to trying to point the finger at someone. Turns out uh, Joe Brady, also William Mary alum has balanced out that offensive attack. He's allowed James Cook to be part of that team, even when he makes some mistakes. He didn't make any mistakes in this game. And um, the issue is, and, and producer Harry noted about this, and we'll talk about this in a second, they did have some injuries in this game, but everyone's hurt. But for the moment, I, I think this was best-case scenario in terms of the way they played. They started strong. They finished strong. Had a lull in the middle. And, Breach, I know you had some issues, and I historically, or weekly, I should say, have issues with the way the Steelers do time management and, and Mike Tomlin had an issue then the second quarter that you maybe wanted to talk about. Yeah. I think the one thing was that, well, first, you know, you had a 14, nothing game where it felt like the, this game's over. If the Steelers don't score soon, they drive down to the four yard line. Mason Rudolph throws an interception. The bills immediately score. Now it's 21, nothing. And you really feel like the game is over. That, that's that. when, that's when you asked Wilson that question. That's the answer. When either it's either when Kyrie Elam intercepted that pass or Josh Allen ran the 52 yard, like, like deep touchdown in, that's when you're like, oh, okay, this game is ending one way. Well, right. And so that's in your head, you're thinking it's 99.9% over unless something bonkers happens. And then something bonkers did happen. Wonder <laughs> <Honor> getting hurt <laughs> because the Steelers blocked the field goal and that puts them in a spot where they get a quick touchdown. And now it's 21 to seven. And then. The Bills get the ball back. Uh, so now it's like if you're Buffalo, you're fine going in half up 21 to seven. We're not going to do anything crazy. Well, but, but, on the, but on the block kick, the important thing is the fact that the punter, as he's chasing down the play, looks like me doing a 40 right now. He just grabs his leg and he's just immediately injured. You can't believe he's possibly going to ever kick again. Right. And he limps off the field. And so now the Bills have the ball with about a minute left. Uh, Josh Allen gets sacked, and you have a second and 17, I think, with 45 seconds left. The Steelers have timeouts. You use a timeout there, make them run a play. You use a timeout, make them run a play. And uh, look, and Wilson, Wilson mentioned that he's, well, what if Josh Allen throws a dart? You're up 21-7, to seven and it's third and 17. You're probably going to go conservative, especially you're in your deep in your own territory. You don't want to do anything dumb. I just would have made the Bills send out their punter. And Jay Feely mentioned this on the broadcast because Sam Martin's injured 
And if Tyler Bass is punting, you don't know what you're going to get from a kicker. It might go off the side of his foot and be a 12-yard punt, or you ask the injured guy, and then by the time uh, the second half started, you know, Sam Martin had the halftime doctors and wizards working on him, and, mm -hmm. and he was ready to go, but he was not in any shape to punt right before the half. And if you get the ball on a 20- or 30-yard punt, you only need 15 or 20 yards to get in field goal maybe, range. Maybe you, get a, maybe you get a muff snap to the like a guy who's not used to punting. Well, yeah, Tyler Bass, if he's the punter and he's catching a 15-yard snap, maybe it goes through his hands. You just don't, It just seemed like something you, that— you were, you were a 10-point underdog, and you were, have been sort of gifted a rare chance to slide back into the game. That's Introduce not a rare chance. The ball was on the Bills' 10-yard line. Well, because of the block. 17. Well, the block kick and the, and the punter pulls a hamstring. You don't see that very often. No, they scored on that play. This is a. I, I, I'm, I'm saying that you call the timeout to try to give your make this guy make introduce more variance to the game on the Bills. No, I understand what you're saying, and my pushback was this isn't Baker Mayfield or Jalen Hurts. This is Josh Allen, who on the very play before just missed like a 15 or 20 yard pass I, on the sideline. I understand Shaw, what you're saying. It's also Sean McDermott, who's probably going to be conservative going to the half. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't go for a touchdown when he yeah. had 25 seconds left uh, in a game earlier okay. this year? I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't matter. And if you have nothing to lose, I get it. But, I mean, that to me wasn't the breaking point. I've seen much more infuriating decisions made during the end of half. Uh, well, no, I, I mean, I would say that, like, I mean, it's not nearly as bad as Sean McVay punting yesterday. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, game, it's, but, it's, but, I mean, it's still it's still up there, like – Call timeout. Make make them use a backup punter. Maybe maybe the maybe they send the regular punter out there, and he exacerbates his legs so badly that he can't punt the rest of the game. And that or hold or hold or hold. Yeah, holding. I mean, I, I I think it's not something where you're like, well, that's it. You got to fire Mike Tomlin over it. It's just in that moment. You you force the Bills, who are feeling very comfortable about where they are going into halftime, into making some uncomfortable and unusual decisions and personnel movements to try to introduce more variance into the game is, is how I would play it, personally. So, um, Christian Benford got hurt during the game. Russell Douglas, who they traded for the trade deadline, did not play because he was he got hurt in Week 18, and he's probably the underrated trade deadline best pickup uh, over the last uh, of the 2023 season. But I mentioned all that to say, and you guys talked about it earlier, Kyrie Elam had an interception prior to that, the first round pick from a couple years ago, getting, he was getting absolutely roasted. And he, I think his big thing has been confidence because he's long, he's fast. And that was uh, his first round pick for a reason, but he has been on the bench and buried on the bench for much of the season. He may have to end up playing because uh, they lost, Bernard, the linebacker, Benford, I mentioned, uh, left. Dotson, the linebacker, also left, and Rasul didn't play. And uh, that's a concern. Breach, would you like to take an A.J. Klein victory lap before we continue with the, ah. uh, the issues with, <laughs> with the injuries? Do we load up, do we load up this like, video clip? By the way? What, no, a, what, no, a, what a beautiful March 2020 take where Breach's like A.J. Klein is going to change the AFC East and the Bills will run it for the next half decade. But he hasn't been wrong since A.J. Klein and got Breach, there. Breach, let me uh, preface it by saying this. A.J. Klein had his RV packed up, was ready to go on a vacation, and he came out of retirement to whoop up on the Steelers. And that is what I was going to say. We're talking. We're talking four about a guy, AFC Super Bowl, four-time AFC East champion, AJ Klein. AJ Klein, a guy who was not even supposed to play at this point last week. He was not on the Bills roster. He was not going to be playing in this game. Uh, as Wilson said, he had his RV packed. He was going to drive to Key West, Florida, and and watch the playoffs. 
while on vacation. They called him up because there was an injury, and he said, sure, yeah, I'll play. And then uh, had a huge game. And he, I think like three years ago, I was like, the Bills signed A.J. Klein. It's such a huge deal. Because uh, only because at that point, every team he had ever played for made the playoffs when he was on the team. And he's, he's a little good luck charm who is a solid role player. And that's what he is. And now they're going to the divisional. So Wilson here we revenge are. revenge game for A.J. Klein. Shut up. I might have to get A.J. Klein jersey in the, here. That's right. The Panthers, Panthers made the playoffs. Uh, actually, that's wrong. They didn't make the playoffs in 2016 when he was on there. But so, your point um, remains. Any concerns about the injuries that we've talked about, mostly on the defensive side of the ball? I don't think there were any guys on offense that left off the top of my head. I haven't looked at any post-game comments about that. But um, I would imagine being down two linebackers and two cornerbacks, although Rasul Douglas might be able to play this week, and we'll see where Benford is, is not great news when you're facing – even a Chiefs team that only has a handful of great receivers instead of five or six. Any uh, any guesses on the spread? And yeah, the injuries matter for sure. I think you got to wait and see exactly what the long term stuff is. Um, you know, the Chiefs feel like they're in better shape health wise, but the Bills are in better shape form wise, which is like a sort of a golf. You guys were talking up the Chiefs. No, no, no. I'm just saying recent form. The Bills are, you know. You would take if if you're saying who's been playing better since December one, you would take the Bills over the Chiefs. And the Bills beat the Chiefs in that time span. Um, what do you think the spread here is? Not not this is not brain surgery. I'm just curious what you think. You want to guess first breach because Will Windsor Wilson has it locked in. Uh, I would say the Bills are favorite because I remember the the spread was close when they played in Kansas City. I one and a half Buffalo. Oh, that's what Windsor Wilson's at minus one. What? Bills minus two and a half, heavily juiced. Like it wants to go to three, which is, I doubt. I think it'll just sit at two and a half with heavy juice all week. Personally, unless something major happens injury wise, it, how how is this not a field goal game? Like somebody, Mahomes or Allen's going to have the ball with a chance to drive and kick a game winning field goal. I think they're right? daring you, Brenton. They're daring you. That's why they're not making a field game. I what will do you say think the, the total is? The one interesting thing, though, and it comes with trying to put this point spread together, is not just that the Bills are dealing with injuries, but the Chiefs are getting two full days of rest more mm. than the Bills, uh, which is not common for a lower seed to do that, especially going on the road against the better seed. I mean, obviously, if you're the seventh seed and you're playing the one seed, you – you you dealt your own you got dealt your own hand you dug your own grave because you barely got in the playoffs and obviously the 49ers getting you know two weeks of rest on the Packers but in this situation where both teams had to play the wild card round the Bills got beat up and the Chiefs getting those two days of rest could be a big deal I mean it's eight days versus six days so it, that's something to think about too something else to um, think about is um it's the, Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game yeah, in his second. career here one second there's something else that? to think about in terms of the the Bills is that the interior defensive line. Daquan Jones was back. Ed Oliver was getting after it. And I just looked this up. Uh, the Bills pressured <laughs> poor Mason Rudolph 47% of the snaps. They only blitzed on 17% of the snaps. So they were getting home with four guys. And that's just something to keep in mind when you talk about the Chiefs because the Steelers, for as many holes as they have all over the place, their offensive line has been okay last month and a half, two months. And we've had some issues, especially on the edge with the Chiefs' offensive line. Uh, Ed Oliver generated a season-high 10 pressures on 28 pass rushes, according to next-gen stats against the Steelers. The most pressures by a defensive tackle in a playoff game over the last six years. Uh, six of those came against Mason Cole, the center, who has who's been a weak spot of that offensive line. But I just wanted to point that out. Brenton, 
Mahomes' first road game, so you're betting against him? Oh, is that sorry, what you're I was waiting for. I was waiting for Wilson. Is that what um, you're saying? Yeah. No, I'm saying, like, do, I mean, like, do you think that, I mean, he's never had to prepare for a playoff game outside of Arrowhead Stadium. That feels like kind of a thing. Well, I'm, not saying, I, I'm not saying he's going to be, what's that? Two well, I mean, his first road playoff game, yeah. But the Super Bowl is different. You got two weeks to sort of, you know, do your whole thing. And you know, well, it's a neutral two side days game. according to Breach. I, it, his regular season record is actually better on the road than it is at home. And it's not like he hasn't played in loud stadiums before. So I don't think that that it doesn't mean he won't have a bad game on Sunday, but I don't think that that necessarily is going imp- to, that's not something I'm going to be thinking about very much when trying to make this pick. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think it, I think it's kind of a big deal, but, it, but, but not in a way that I think it means Patrick Mahomes can't win. I think Patrick Mahomes, I think it will be a talking point all week long. Mahomes' yeah, first road be? playoff game. I think that's what Breach is saying. Uh, but I'm saying that, well, yeah, I th- yeah, he's, he's never played in the playoffs in the road. Um, but I think that it, I think it would be maybe something that might even like Uno reverse itself, where Mahomes hears that said so much, and you could see everybody picking the Bills to win, and it being a thing where one of those old Patriots, that, you know. For somehow this team has a chip on its shoulder, even though it has no business saying nobody believes in us. I mean, the Chiefs did that last year. They said no. Travis Kelsey called everyone jabronis and said no one believed in us, even though they were the Super Bowl favorites to start the year. I mean, I, I could see that being sort of a Uno reverse narrative card. All right, let's ask the important question. And I'm glad Harry, Harry put this on the rundown. Is Mike Tomlin being fired or is he quitting? Breach. Is it time for the Steelers to change the quarterback? strategy what is my option keep mason rudolph i guess brentson was a huge mason rudolph fan because he has moonwalked out of the chat for a moment um well it's gonna mason's contract is up kenny pickett still has two more years left in his rookie deal so and yeah you have mitchell trubisky and you pick 21st right now and i have and i mentioned this i tweeted this out literally in the middle of that 52 yard josh allen run i was thinking to myself the steelers have to find a way to trade up to get Jaden daniels and if you haven't watched a lot of college football, Jane Daniels played at LSU, transferred from um, Arizona State. He was sort of run out of town at Arizona State, and he was fantastic this year. And he reminds me a lot of Lamar Jackson. Go watch some highlights on YouTube if you haven't seen it. If you have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And my thinking is you can't win in today's NFL with a pocket passer. No disrespect to Mason, who has actually been fun to watch the last four games. So do they need to change up the quarterback strategy? Is Mike Tomlin too stubborn to do so? What do you think? Well, I think part of it is probably Tom, Tomlin seems like a guy who's too stubborn to do so. He sticks with his guys. And, I mean, you know this more than I do, but it, look, he he rode the Kenny Pickett train until he was forced to get off it and then said, all right, let's Mason Rudolph's going to start here. Mason Rudolph wins a game, and it's like, eh, well, we can't send Mason back to the bench. Kenny has to be 100%. Mason Rudolph wins another game, and now Pickett is 100%. But at that point, you can't turn around. And now you have... Mason Rudolph starting in the playoffs. So I think that's a huge thing that they're going to have to consider going into the off season. And, you know, you're mentioning the draft, but what are they picking? Like 20th, 21st, 21st overall. Where's Jaden Daniels going in this draft? You're going to trade up a long ass way. Don't get me wrong. It's going to cost you. Right. So is that even something you would want to consider if you're the Steelers? Why would you want to keep a mediocre and the other thing you failed to mention, and I appreciate you not mentioning it, Matt Canada, they had to literally tie him to uh, a train car to get him out of town. I think there's 0% chance they 
make a quarterback move this offseason. You think they you roll a, with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph? I mean, well, Mason's out of contract. Imagine if, and obviously this didn't happen because he won an MVP, but imagine if Lamar Jackson had started the way Kenny Pickett started in the same sort of transitional timeline that uh, Ozzy Newsom and Eric DaCosta had. You, you, you just, the Steelers just went to the playoffs and Pickett was hurt. That I, I can't see a path where they blow the whole thing up unless, unless there's some like, you know, they hire Jim Harbaugh because Mike Tomlin steps away and he was like, I'm only doing this if I can draft whoever I want. The, okay. Kenny Pickett's going to his third year. You don't, you don't, it would uh, be really, I'll just, I'll just say this. Uh, I, I don't disagree. Look, I don't disagree with you that they maybe should draft a quarterback. Well, you just I don't think the they case will. If Lamar played like Kenny. They should stick with. They should have stuck Kenny with Lamar. Lamar's Kenny. never played like Kenny. That's the problem. But 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 they made the playoffs with a hurt Kenny Pickett. What what what? They made the playoffs with Mason Rudolph. He won the last three games. I well, Kenny Pickett was hurt. Two games prior to that, it was Mitch Trubisky who lost two games. Right, right, but I'm just saying they have a quarterback who's going into his third year of his rookie contract. They finished nine and eight and made the playoffs, and that quarterback got hurt. That is not a situation where you draft a quarterback. It's just not in the NFL on a normal basis. Like, wouldn't you be surprised? I, I saw your tweet, and I don't disagree with it. I think it's a great idea. Trade up and go get a guy that you believe can be a franchise quarterback because I, I agree with you. Keeny Pickett ain't it. But I would be surprised if they actually did the trade, like actually made that move. That's one, well, yeah, not very Steelers this. And a, two a low low probability event. I agree with that. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, they I think I think if anything, this is my argument for why Mike Tomlin should walk away or might walk away and be like, I just need to recharge my battery Sean Payton style. He's like, Kenny Pickett ain't it. I've got well, a good enough defense. Case, why don't you trade up and get a quarterback and a deep quarterback? He's not his it's not his call. You don't think that he makes personnel decisions? I don't think he has. I don't think he has final say on draft decisions. Omar he has. Does. He has a. I, I know that he has a very big say in draft decisions. If he wanted to get a quarterback, I, he could go get one. You're muted. <laughs> Brinson is. Well, it's probably because I tried to say no bleep. He has input into the draft. I think your. I think your mic went out. I, I hear you, but I think you. Did you switch the uh, settings? This, Brinson's computer broke down because we started talking about the Steelers QB situation. <laughs> He's the kid. Well, here's the thing. Computers. You're the Steelers. You know what you're saying? This fixed now. I don't know why. There you go. I hear what you're saying. Obviously, no effing bleep. Mike Tomlin has some say in the personnel decisions at the Steelers. He's been there for like 20 years. But he can't say, I want a quarterback, go get one, and the franchise will do it. That's not how that works. And you're being disingenuous if you suggest that. Yeah, I wasn't suggesting do you, that. Do you think the Steelers will trade up and go get Jaden Daniels? Here's what I'll say. In 2019, I think it was, they traded from 20 to 10 to get Devin, Devin Bush, Bush, a linebacker. Yeah. So 21 to 8 doesn't sound outrageous. To breach his point, Mike Tomlin is stubborn, and I don't think it's going to happen either. That doesn't mean they shouldn't think about it. They kept Matt Canada for a year and a half too long. I think David Tepper should think about selling the Panthers, but he's not going to do it. I'm well, Brinson, Brinson, you're also making it sound like Omar Khan doesn't watch film or understand football. If he's no, sitting not. there, he, yeah, because you're saying he wouldn't even consider moving on from his quarterback. If, and here's the thing. If you are a Steelers team that went 9-8 and eight in 2022 and went 10-7 and seven this year, if you sit down with Mike Tomlin and you're saying, man, 
we went 10 and seven in spite of our quarterback, not because of our quarterback. And we feel like we could take a huge jump with improved quarterback play. Then I do think you would have to give it some serious consideration because you're a playoff team with a below average quarterback. What are you going to be with an average quarterback or a slightly above average quarterback? I'm I'm with you a hundred percent. The Steelers don't have the answer at quarterback in the quarterback room right now. But I also think that you're really underselling the idea of if Omar Omar Khan is not on the hook for Kitty Pickett. Eric, I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, the Kevin Colbert is. Kevin Colbert's Khan, all the well. Omar Khan was in the organization. It wasn't like he came from out yeah, of the no, organization. Sh- no kidding, Wilson. Why? Why are you doing this? Little, uh, well, I don't but, but, no, but, but who was the GM who drafted Kenny Pickett? It was it was Kevin Colbert. So would that make them more likely the to be the same thing that the Ravens did? Ozzie Newsom drafted Lamar Jackson. That way, his handpicked successor would get the credit if he was good. They would share in the credit, but you could always deflect blame if he was bad. The Steelers tried to do the same thing. Kenny Pickett hasn't worked out, but I think it would be surprising if Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin agreed to trade future first round picks to move up and grab somebody like Jaden Daniels in the top 10 when you have a guy that your predecessor picked early on, even if he doesn't look like he's that good. All right, Harry, roll the tape. We'll agree to disagree is the, uh, my grandpa. Mike, you have a year plus That is me listening to Brentson trying to explain why the Steelers should stick with Kenny Pickett. <laughs> you're, you're lucky. You're lucky. I don't think they should stick with Kenny Pickett. I'm not saying that. I think they will stick with Kenny Pickett. And you're 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 you're, you're saying you're like throwing out some pipe dream about the Steelers trading up to go get Jaden Daniels in the top ten. Do you think that's happening? I would advise you to look up and watch out for the irony piano when you talk about pipe dream conversations. <laughs> do Do you think that's happening? No, but again, they traded it from 20 to 10 to get a line. Devin Bush, and it was a mistake. It was a so disaster. It's not outrageous. You need a quarterback. You can't win in this league. And Breach, I'll ask you this, and then we'll go to take a break. Uh, rank the quarterbacks in the AFC North from, from best to worst. You're going to have me do that? God. Well, uh, you pick at number one, I believe, so that wouldn't be fair. Well, I'm going to put the only one that's been to a Super Bowl at number one. Oh, okay. I should no, have MVP, MVP at one. Start, yeah. start at the bottom. MVP gets to a Super Bowl, I'll, I'll put him up at number one. I'll, I'll go Joe Burrow, one, and Lamar Jackson, one A. Okay. Well, you're wrong. I'm going to go Joe Flacco, one, because he's the one of two quarterbacks who's been to a Super Bowl. All right. So you're going to rank Joe Flacco the best quarterback in the AFC? No, nah, no. Nah, I think it's Lamar, Burrow, Flacco, Watson. Uh, there's probably DTR. some guy, Jake Driscoll, um, that's your, uh, Mason Rudolph. That's oh, uh, Tyler Huntley's above Mason Rudolph. And then, right. then Kenny Pickett. Let's take a quick break. And we come back. We'll talk about a quarterback that used to be in the AFC North and now is slanging it in the NFC South right after this. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Yeah, Harry kindly put it in the rundown. If the Steelers are the worst team in the AFC North, there's no reason to talk about that now. We have all offseason to, yeah. to wallow. Well, you know what, though? We should talk about one more Steelers thing. Oh, they showed the clip. Great. They showed the clip. Yeah, seriously, why are we talking about Kenny Pickett moving on? Mike Tomlin's way more likely to be gone. Now, than hold Kenny on, Pickett. Brenton. As, since Wilson is the resident Steelers fan here, I want to know what he thinks. Is That's why he's happen. being sassy because he's the mad. Sad Tomlin's days. Leaving. Playoff team just lost, Brenton. I, I told you that was the playoff team. That team sucked. I enjoyed the watching that game. As I told producer Harry, I'll just look 30 seconds. Tomlin has one more year left on his deal. I'm not concerned about him doing anything other than coaching football. I don't think he needs to take time off. He strikes me as someone who doesn't need to be recharged. He's certainly at least 10 years, probably younger than Sean, Sean Payton. And um, he likes coaching. And I think he likes what's in addition to that. He likes helping these players. And you can sort of see that when he talks about George Pickens and, and guys like that. So that's my take. Nine we'll years. What happens? By the way, fifty-one. Right. I, I think I. I think I think Tomlin looks at this, the, the openings and the guys that are out there right now, and the interest. I think that the interest that Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick get in this coaching market, Bel Belichick's on like Arthur Blank's yacht. <laughs> it's like sell me on you here versus Cowboys. And I think Mike Tomlin sees Kenny Pickett, who is dog doo-doo and trash. And he realizes the Steelers are the worst team in their own division for the next three years, even though they made the playoffs and went nine and eight. And he can walk away having never had a losing season with Pittsburgh and then see what opens up this year and or charges batteries. That's my that's my prediction for Tomlin. I, I don't understand I'm it's definitely right. I just think he takes a year off. He is he's on his, he has one year left on his contract. So even if he takes a year off, he has to come back. He can he can just be like I'm I'm out, and they own his rights yeah, for a year. Not, that's not how contracts work. That is well, exactly. right. Sean Payton, have, what are you talking? Why are you still have to be traded? Is what Wilson said. He has to be he traded. He yeah, he couldn't just go be a free agent. Right. 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 But he, if he leaves, they're gonna have to hire somebody else, and he will not work for the Steelers when he comes back. Right, but they'd still have to work out a trade. So there'd still be a lot of negotiation. That gives him some leverage because he would be able to say where he goes. Well, Rich, uh, how likely do you think that is? I don't know. I, I think I, I agree with Wilson. I think Tomlin probably comes back. I think it makes more sense. And that, Brinson, your theory would work more for him to coach out his contract, not sign an extension, and then do whatever he wants after the 2024 season because – when you're you're bringing up Belichick and and you know you can go out there and do these interviews, you can't do that if you're under contract. That's what Wilson's saying. So it's not how many the same how many situation. how many head how many head coaches with a Super Bowl title have we seen coach coach a lame duck here? I have no well, idea. This is not the same situation. It's just Tomlin's the, the, not going to do the season with one year left on his deal. That's crazy. Well, he can do whatever he wants. That's the point. Is well, when Mike Tomlin when Mike Tomlin briefly retires. We can discuss this this offseason. In the meantime, Eagles Bucks. All righty. Baker Mayfield. Slinging it. Uh, Baker, there are a lot of fun stories in this offseason. Jared Goff, uh, even Matthew Stafford coming home and playing well uh, in that game against Detroit. That was fun to watch. But the sort of Gar Jared Goff redemption story, I think there is no bigger redemption story than Baker Mayfield. And he showed how incredibly tough he is <laughs> with the way he played. And um, one thing that I, I looked up before from week 13 on, he was one of the best in terms of um, completions over 20 yards. I, I obviously because Mike Evans is a big part of that. Guess what the Eagles suck at defending 
deep ball plays. Uh, thank you, Matt Patricia. And that played itself out in this game as well. Um, their next game is going to be tough, but let's just talk about what they did tonight. Brinson, are you surprised that they pulled the Eagles' pants down on national television and made the Eagles look like, uh, I don't know, a bad version of the Steelers, it felt like? Nope. Picked the uh, Bucks to win outright and obviously to cover as they were home dogs. And they actually, you know, wow. Thought that was uh, surprising. Turns out the only person who picked the Eagles to win this game was Dubin out of eight experts at CBSSports.com. How many experts picked a, picked the uh, Lions to win? Are you the only one? I can't believe it. I can't believe all you. No, Jamie that. Eisenberg had him too. Oh, Jamie did. My bad. That's right. If I'd known that, I would have taken the Lions. Um, how are we doing against the spread this week? Five and one for your boy. Everyone five and one. Yeah, it was hard to mess this up. Breach two, breach four and two. Breach is the only person who didn't go five and one. Go four and two. That's sad. Are All right, you, Baker. Oh, oh, Baker. You, what? Talk about Baker. Baker's Baker's great. Baker's awesome. They won the game. I mean, Baker. The eagle. The the Eagles are a shell of themselves. And sweet mercy. I don't. I, okay. Oh, on third, it was a. It, it was the. Thursday pick show before the wild card round and Alex Selznick who comes on with myself, Katie Mox and RJ white prop stars, prop stars. That's right. Said that. And I mean, I, I was like, I did a hard pause on it. He said, if they lose, if the Eagles lose, he's an Eagles fan. If they lose to Baker and the bucks that Nick Sirianni is getting fired. I was like, dude, that is a super, super hot take. And over the next, Oh, there it is. <laughs> Sirianni, I sort of ran that like I talked. I mean, threw it out like as a someone said this take. Like, what do you think? And then like you know, bounced it around. And I don't know. I feel like people were pretty receptive to the idea of the possible, like the possibility of that happening. And then to get bounced like this, I mean, humiliated. The Eagles, the by the way, the Cowboys, ironically, the only home playoff team to lose, the only home team to lose in the wild card round of the playoffs, 32 to nine. You manage one touchdown. Jalen Hurt, I mean, Devonta Smith was awesome, but it happened late. The offense looked lethargic. The defense had zero answers for the Buccaneers, who, by the way, could not score a touchdown against the Carolina Panthers in a win the division or don't do anything against a team that was locked into Bermuda in week 18. Baker, 22 or 36, 337, three touchdowns. Kate Otten dropped three balls and still caught eight passes for 89 yards. A bunch of like tertiary players for the Bucks, Trey Palmer, were making plays. And every one of the Eagles looked like they were checked out and ready to be done. I don't think it would be crazy. Who? All right, what's the wins over Wilson on Mike McCarthy versus Nick Sirianni? Who gets fired first? No, and, I mean, are both guys fired? That's the question. Um, let me let me put it to you, Breach, and then we can circle back around. Uh, what did Jeff Lurie's face say to you as he was sitting in the in the lead at the end of the game? And to follow up on Brinson's point, who do you think is angry right now, Jeffrey Lurie or Jerry Jones? I, it looked like Jeffrey Lurie was angry. I love that they were giving him the t the Taylor Swift treatment in the fourth quarter by just <laughs> cutting to him every time the Eagles did something dumb. 
which was literally every single play. And and kind of to Brenton's point here, it wasn't just a beatdown. You are Nick Sirianni. You're supposed to be this offensive stud, and your team goes out there against the de- the fourth worst passing defense in football. The Buccaneers gave up the fourth most passing yardage. You went 0 for 9 on third down. Uh, you didn't even throw for 240 yards. Plenty of quarterbacks have diced up this Buccaneers defense. You couldn't do it. And yeah, no, not having A.J. Brown obviously doesn't help, but they just looked like everyone looked mentally checked out. Everyone looked like they had their foot halfway into the offseason, which, which is what you do in week 18 when you've been eliminated from the playoffs, not in a playoff game. And so, I mean, it's so it's not just that the offense played bad. That's on the coaching. If you can't get your team fired up and prepared for a playoff game, that's insane. And so who couldn't do that this week? Nick Sirianni. Mike McCarthy. Do you know so, what the Eagles? Do you know what the Eagles were doing this time last year? Not playing Bowl? football because they were on a bye week as the one seed, preparing to beat the Giants thirty-eight to seven before beating the Niners thirty-one to seven before coming this close to beating the Chiefs and Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. And this year, a year later, they lose five of their final six games. Could have lost seven of their last eight and get obliterated by Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers and Todd Bowles in a wild card game. I'll just um I'll point out AJ Brown was out, so that's why Devontae Smith had to be leaned on so heavily. And he was literally the only show in town. Why was AJ Brown there. out though? Because he got hurt. Because yeah. he got hurt in week 18 because they had to play week 18 instead of closing out the division by winning in week 17. Well okay. by beating the Cardinals or Giants. Yeah. I mean, I get that. yeah. I'm just saying the the way it all unfolded, like hurts his thumb is effed up or middle finger is effed up. AJ Brown can't play because they both got hurt in week 18 against Tommy Cutlets in a game that they really should have never been playing in. Something else I'll point out, and this is no surprise because if you know Todd Bowles and how he operates, uh, he was going to go after Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Uh, they blitzed on 53, almost 54% of, of the plays, which was the highest of any team. Uh, in wild card weekend, and by a large margin, 5% more than the Dolphins, who they tried to dial up the pressure, Vic Fangio did, against the Chiefs to, to no avail. The difference is that the Eagles suck. The Eagles' offense is absolutely terrible, one of the worst offenses against the Blitz, and it showed itself time and time again. They have no answers for reasons that remain a mystery, and they had no answers tonight, and Baker Mayfield made the plays he needed to make when his receivers weren't dropping the ball. That game could have been two touchdowns more in terms of difference. Uh, you take yep. anything away from this breach in terms of next week's matchup, or you just enjoy the fact that I think this have the Bucks won the division four straight times now. I think that's where we're at. Well, they do. I mentioned this last week that they have the longest active playoff streak in the NFC, which just seems impossible to believe. They're the only NFC team that has been to the postseason four straight years. Hey, they didn't. They didn't win the division the year they won the Super Bowl though. Twenty twenty Saints won. That's right. Breach right. is right. Four straight playoff appearances. But I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. four straight playoffs. Uh, only NFC team. Uh, and, you know, I, look, to fully circle back to what Wilson said about Baker Mayfield, it is a great story. It's awesome to see him throw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns and advance in the playoffs in the same year where the Browns could not. Uh, it's almost as a little bit of the Jared Goff beating the Rams feeling. Not exactly because Baker didn't beat the Browns. But I'm sure he feels pretty good being in the divisional round, knowing that the Browns are at home because they decided to move on from him. But I feel like his numbers were a product of who he was playing. I think almost anyone could have thrown for 300 yards the way this Eagles defense played tonight. 
But look, man, it's survive in advance. The Buccaneers did that. I don't like their chances against the Lions next week, to answer your question, Wilson. Uh, I, I That is the one divisional game I am 100% sure what side I will be picking as we have these <laughs> conversations right now. There's just no way I'll be picking against the Lions straight up at home uh, against this Buccaneers team. But What's the... Uh... What's the wins over Wilson on that game? Oh, uh, it's going to be like minus six and a half. That maybe is, more. I'll say uh, six. Minus six, minus uh, 112 oh, for the Lions. Oh, that's pretty good. Very nice that's work, boys. I would have guessed seven and a half if Wilson, if I hadn't had. I was, I, was, I was worried about it being we, over that number. Uh, uh, the other game, just while we're on the lines, Ravens hosting the Texans. Wins over Wilson? I saw it, and I, I think it's too high. I would put it at like. Five and a half. I think it's almost five and a half. It's I'm nine, nine going to bring it. What is it? Nine and a half. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. Thought by accident. It's interesting the, that the um, you know wild card round we had a pretty. You know, there's really only one good. I, it feels like the storylines for this round of the playoffs was better than the actual games. Like the, the games weren't the games. I mean. The Packers blowing out the Cowboys is was insane to watch, and then I never felt not captivated. But it wasn't a good game per se. You know, like it wasn't like a close back and forth. Really, the only game that was close was Lions Rams. Um, the Buccaneers maybe stuffing the Eagles in a sack and getting Nick Sirianni fired. Fascinating to watch. Couldn't take my eyes off it, but it wasn't a great game. So, you know, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Like there, there were, there's only really one really good game this, this weekend, but it was all very interesting because it, it was a, a true wildcard weekend with, with upsets happening. It's funny. You said that Brenton, because I kind of had the same thought where you had five of six games that were all decided by at least two touchdowns. So right. pretty much blowouts. And then number two, uh, after the Texans Browns game was over, there wasn't a single game the rest of the weekend that had a lead change. Whoa. It wasn't even a lead change. All even Lions Rams. Lions Rams. The Lions jumped out on top early and then never trailed. So we're talking about the team that scored first, never trailed, and ended up winning. So that there's uh, <laughs> that makes it not very exciting. But as you said, it did feel kind of interesting because we yeah, saw CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud, and then we you know even though Dolphins Chiefs wasn't crazy fourth coldest game in NFL history. It's yeah. always kind of fun to watch games in that type of weather. Uh, and, you know, Steelers-Bills was a one-score game in the fourth quarter, so at least kept you drawn in uh, until Buffalo put it away. Sorry, Ryan. And this game was 16-9 to in the second half, so, it, you know, maybe you turn it off in the fourth quarter, but they were all watchable. That's I think that yeah. is... Oh, well, you know, I mean, like, watching the Eagles and Cowboys get destroyed is... I, I don't know. I mean, it was like the Bucks, it's like the Eagles couldn't mount anything, and the Packers just kept piling it on the Cowboys... And you're, you know, they're cutting to Jerry Jones and Jeff Lurie and 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 Mike McCarthy and Nick Sirianni. It was it was it was, it was uh, enjoyable in a very in a Schadenfreude type of way. And I think you do learn something about the teams that are going to continue to play. So I think in that sense, even though the games are probably well decided late into the second half, you got a sense like, okay, Jordan Love can do this. What does this look like when we get to San Francisco? And and that at least give you a glimpse for the future. I'll mention this quickly, and then we'll take a quick break before we. Oh, boy. Do the old autopsy on the Eagles here. Um, Eagles defense allowed six plays of 20 or more yards. That was second worst over the weekend behind the Cowboys. Dan Quinn, they didn't show up. 
Uh, the Lions, Matthew Stafford had a lot of big plays, and the Dolphins, who gave us some big plays to, to um, even in the run, and of course the Patrick Mahomes. So, right on brand for the Eagles. Both sides of the ball stink. That defense got wor- worse with Matt Patricia. I think the the lesson is there: do not hire Matt Patricia. And I don't like to say that about people losing jobs, but he has not been good at his job, and he actually made the job the defense worse somehow. If you can imagine that for the Eagles. All right, say a quick break. And then we'll talk about what's next for the Eagles because it ain't going to be another playoff game right after this. All right, so the Eagles' collapse is a slow burn. I feel like the Cowboys' collapse was epic and quick. Uh, Brinson, I'll ask you this. They're fueled by each other, too. I mean, How do you fix the Eagles? Like, what, what are you doing to fix the Eagles? That's a good question because uh, Brady Graham – said after the game, I think Mike Garofalo tweeted it out, but he wants to do a one-year farewell tour, come back, play for the Eagles one more year. I mean, we said it in Slack. You're watching the end of that game, and the way, you know, I mean, this is like a behind-the-curtain thing for broadcasting purposes, but, you know, if Jason Kelsey, Jason Kelsey may or may not be telling the ABC slash ESPN slash Monday Night Football broadcasters that he's retiring, but he could certainly intimate that it might be his last game. At the, you know, like that stuff can be passed along in these meetings behind the scenes. And the reason I say that is the way that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were discussing Jason Kelsey's departure off the field, it felt more than just, oh, this might be it. It felt like, I don't know. Like they've been told that that was maybe it. And I think if you lose Jason Kelsey, and maybe he comes back for a year, I don't know. But if you lose Jason Kelsey, that is such a massive blow to this team. And if you have Brandon Graham doing a farewell year, which is not something you really want to do as a as an NFL player who you know who's like anybody like Coach K's didn't work out. I don't know, man. Your coordinators are bunk. Your head coaches ass is on fire the quarterback has played really well but regressed when Shane Steichen left and you have contractual stuff that you got to deal with and and like the centerpiece of your team from a captain perspective potentially retiring it feels like Howie Roseman's got some work to do in terms of churning this roster in a in a like it's still very deep and still very good but to compete for a Super Bowl there's work to do this offseason Breach, this roster six weeks ago was 10 and one. What, like, what, what are we doing? Well, I think that we all, even talking about how they got to 10 and one with the close win over the Cowboys, or the Cowboys made dumb plays. That was the, their first game in November. The close win over the Chiefs, the close win over the Bills, where the Bills blew the game. That uh, they probably shouldn't have been 10 to one. They were a house of cards, and it was all going to eventually come crashing down. And it felt that way the whole season. And when you look at these guys on the sideline, they just always look dejected. Everyone always looks sad. They're arguing with each other. Always seems to be some sort of skirmish. And it just seems like the offensive players, the star players, weren't on the same page as the coaching staff. And so I think that's where you have to make changes, whether it's bringing in a new offensive coordinator, whether it's deciding that Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni can't coexist. Uh, whatever it is, I think you're going to have to make some major changes. Uh, and as Brenton said, losing Jason Kelsey would be a brutal loss. So I think this is going to be 
one of those off seasons for the Eagles where we might not be talking about them as a playoff contender at this point next July, unless they make some big moves. Do, uh, sort of off the wall question, Wilson, but do you think that if the Eagles decided to move on from Nick Sirianni, could they be players for either Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick or yeah, your boy, not? Mike Tomlin, if he decided to leave the Steelers? Uh, Belichick, according to Atlanta Falcons interview with them on Monday night. So that's one down. Um, some could, could the Eagles hire Kenny Pickett as their head coach? <laughs> they could, they certainly could. <laughs> he so, would be out of his contract as a player, you know, to work with Des Ritter. That might be something yeah. else. It was one of the, the fake ass accounts, uh, uh, posing as the Chargers said they got their man in Jim Harbaugh. And I fell for that for 10 seconds. Like, oh gosh, but the Chargers did interview Jim Harbaugh. No, they said they, they said they hired him. They were one of the, the fake accounts said they hired uh, him. Right, right, right. They but, no, I mean, but I mean, like, if you're, if you're Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie comes to you and says, here's the thing I would start with, with Bill Belichick, you got Matt Patricia. How's that working? And neither one of those guys know anything about offense. Now, Matt Bill Patricia Belichick might knows, get two guys fired this, this offseason. <laughs> Bill Belichick knows everything about everything, but you're not hired to be your offensive coordinator. I, I think the issue is Shane Sykin and Jonathan Gannon, which you talked about, they both took head coaching jobs. And the answers that the coordinators had on both sides of the ball were absolutely unacceptable at every single level. And people, the players knew it because as Breach mentioned, they were bickering. This team to Breach's point never was a 10 and one team. We talked about it every week. Like how do they win this game? How do they win that game? But they were, you are what your record says you are until you start losing six in a row. And then you're that record. So, all right. I'll ask you the same question that I asked a moment ago. about well, the North. Rank, rank this, rank this division right now. For next year. Yeah. Just as we said here. Uh, Cowboys easily won. I think whether it's Washington's going to get a quarterback. I, I I like the Washington job. I just think that that defense isn't very good. Um, uh, Cowboys won. Here's the, here's the thing. Again, like this, not to gotta like, get the two prints and stop stalling. Well, I was going to point <laughs> out the thing about the Eagles. They we don't we know they weren't a ten and one team. They were fraudulent, but they had just. Barely lost the Super Bowl to the Chiefs, started out 10 and 1. If you own that football team, if that's your football team, if you're an Eagles fan, or if you're definitely Jeff Lurie, who's the billionaire Eagles owner, in your brain, you are thinking we are winning the Super Bowl, or at the very worst case scenario, we are going to the NFC Championship game and losing a crazy close game to the 49ers. That's our worst case scenario. And then all of a sudden your worst case is you lose five of six. Matt Patricia is running your defense into the ground and Baker Mayfield just went nuclear on you in the wild card round. So I think Washington two Eagles, three and giants four, maybe Eagles four. Ooh. Who's two? <laughs> that Harry Clifford. Wait, who'd you say is two? <clears throat> I mean, Washington. for next year, like oh, if you told me the Eagles were the last place team, I wouldn't be no, shocked. No, I don't think that's crazy just because of, of what we laid out here. I would imagine Jeffrey Lurie knew pretty early on this wasn't going to work, probably when the coaches left and, and got a sense of how things were working. Well, Let and, me and, and remember, too, sorry, Breach, but remember like when they won the Super Bowl with Doug Peterson, Frank Reich leaves, and the leash got real short in Philly for Doug Peterson and because the coordinators weren't working out. So does this play itself over again with, with Nick Sirianni? It's not that crazy to think about. And that was actually a perfect segue, Brenton, to what I was going to say. So here is a yes or no question with, I don't need any explanation to each of you. Brenton, <laughs> yes. you can go first. Okay. 
Is Nick Sirianni the head coach of this team next Monday, January 22nd? No. Wilson, is Nick Sirianni the head coach of this team next Monday? The 23rd. Uh, ah, that's not how yes or no questions were. Next Monday is the 22nd. 22nd. No. It's definitely not how yes or no. No. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to go I, too. We're all I gotta, crazy. I got a follow up. Is, is Mike, Mike McCarthy, McCarthy the, the coach? <laughs> I'll say this. Mike McCarthy has done, and it's not even an argument, a heads and tails better job coaching that offense than whatever this version of the Eagles offense is. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. But I mean, Sirianni went to a Super Bowl. Is Mike McCarthy I mean, the head no, coach? In, in yes or no? One word. Is Mike McCarthy the head coach of the Cowboys next Monday? Breach. No. I'm going to go yes. No, I, I think Jerry no. is going to be tempted, especially if the Eagles fire make their firing before Jerry has a chance to because then the musical oh, chairs. I'll tell you, dude, we, we, we did a, bad. we did the black Monday coaching roundup and it's like, we are like, okay, here are several kind of crazy surprise scenarios that could unfold. Seahawks breach nailed. I threw out Titans. I think or maybe we were all on the Titans. When there one more, <laughs> and then like there's two or three lingering after wild card weekend that could are legitimate. The, Absolutely, the Cowboys and the and the and the Eagles firing their head coaches after wild card weekend in the same year when Pete Carroll retired, Bill Belichick essentially got fired, and Mike Rabel got fired would go down as one of the. And there were three in-season coach firings would go down as one of the craziest coaching cycle changes in NFL history. Hashtag bonker. What's that, Breach? Hashtag bonkers. Yeah. Hashtag bonkers. And bonkers. Adam Schefter said back in October, I think, that they were going to be on average 6.8. And he thought he said he'd take the over. And He, he said up to 12. And we talked about that in the Black Monday. That's why I went through all the teams. We were trying to name the 12. So here we are. With and, and our exact conversation was if the Eagles or Cowboys get blown out, one of those coaches might get fired. And I don't think either of us thought they would both get blown out. If that was even in the realm of possibility, certainly <laughs> right. not the Cowboys. You know, some people thought the Cowboys might lose. I don't think anybody thought they were going to lose by 16. And there's some Doug Peterson stuff that's like still out there, but not really out there. I'm looking forward to someone explaining to me what exactly was the Eagles plan this season offensively and defensively Cowboys and Eagles fire their coaches and they they both go after the same coach we get a hard knocks on their pursuit producer Harry. yes I love that I mean the, right, Eagles, the Eagles were 10 and 1 they were fraudulent 10 and 1 you just said that I know but again imagine being t you're like I'm 10 and 1 I was in the Super Bowl last year I feel let me introduce good about you to Breach's favorite Steelers team. That what was their record? Breach twenty twenty Steelers uh, eleven and zero, <laughs> dude. But that's different though. Like it is actually Steelers, not. It is the hundred percent no, same no. thing. That Steelers team was like Big Ben was so fat. They were and eleven he, and zero, and they were like, winning in the craziest ways. He was throwing like sixty times a game. No, no, no this is what magic beans. This is like magic burritos, buddy. All right. I mean, yeah. Hey, <laughs> Big listen, Ben was easy in the glass houses there. All right, let's do the MVPs. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm not going to let you talk about my quarterback like that. Uh, all right, MVPs. <laughs> Brent, are you ready? Or Breach, do you <laughs> no, want to give ready. it to Sam Martin's hamstring? <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I was thinking about it. <laughs> I'll, I'll go for it. I, I go. I go. Okay, let's right, go, go first. Ahead. I mean, I think it's pretty easy. 
right? And so what you going to say next? Baker, <laughs> Reagan Mayfield. Oh, Reagan. I like it. Quite the middle name. Following yeah. a stint with the Texas Tech Red Raiders. He moved to Oklahoma. He won the Heisman. He was drafted number one overall by the Cleveland Browns. He spent four, I think one year on four different teams. Landed with Tampa Bay's and Outcast. A great quarterback and one hell of a model American. He had career highs in passing yards, passing completion percentage, and passing touchdowns. And he just beat the defending NFC champions in a blowout, 32 to 9, romping at home in front of the cannons with Tampa Bay rolling. I think that Baker Mayfield, if the Browns had kept him, they would be, they'd still be in the playoffs. And the, I don't know if the, the Buccaneers wouldn't. Baker Mayfield, my Princeton VP. Uh, I was, I was going to go with another quarterback, but I'll stay away from him because we gave him a lot of talk. Instead, I'm going to stay in the same game Brinson had. I'm going to go with Todd Bowles. Oh, that's a yeah, good one. I'm going to, that guy was underrated. People were putting him on the hot seat, even though he won the division title last year. When I was got two division titles, and I love that he went into this game. He knew that the Eagles offense struggled against the blitz, and he said, you know what? We're just going to blitz on every down until they beat it. And they couldn't figure out how to beat it. And that's the other reason why Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts probably hate each other right now. Like, why can't we just beat the blitz? Why don't we have a hot route here? Why, don't, why aren't we throwing screens? No. Todd Bowles just kept blitzing and kept blitzing. And he was probably laughing inside. Like, are they actually, are they going to ever beat this? Or can I just keep doing this? And he kept doing it. I mean, I, the strategy was so simple and worked so perfectly. And I'm glad to see him get a playoff win because he just went into the season on the hot seat. And I think this should take him off the hot seat, winning the division and getting a playoff win. Yep. Yeah, and out coaching Nick Sirianni incredibly. Yeah. This it's not even master class. Yeah. hundred percent. And he, he had a big smile on the sidelines uh, towards the end of that game as well. He should have. All right. I'll give Josh Allen the honorable mention. Uh, as breach noted, we talked about him a lot. He had a great, great game clinical as usual. I'm going to go with the college of William Mary. Oh, Mike Tomlin, Shocking. Sean McDermott, Joe Brady, all coached two thirds of them were winners today in my book. They're all winners. Uh, but, um, one coach has never had a losing season and apparently is on the precipice of retirement, perhaps tomorrow. The other coach will be playing against the Kansas city chiefs and the man who fired him <laughs> when he was the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. So there's your revenge game, Brinson. Uh, even though they played before in the 13 seconds game would seem like it'd be more revenge, but Buffalo has won the last three regular season games against Kansas. So we shall see. But yeah, William Mary, Todd Bowles, and wait, 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 so wait, wait. William and Mary is your MVP, your Wilson MVP. The three, the three guys who went. Oh, Joe, just so you know, Joe Person got some scoops too. He wasn't at the stadium. (laughs) I'm saying you got, you got, you. Dan Quinn was an assistant coach at William and Mary. Yeah, I knew that. Oh no. Lou Holtz coached at William and Mary in the sixties. I believe it was. Lou Holtz coached at NC state too. So, uh, fired Bill Belichick at NC state. Yeah. So hired Nick Saban, Nick Saban. All right. Maybe he'll coach the Steelers. That's it, boys. That's a wrap. That's it for super wildcard weekend. The Monday night recap. In addition to the two other recaps we did, uh, we'll be back later in the week. Probably hours from now, if you're listening to this live. 
Um, so just check the old feed or the old YouTube machine. In the meantime, for Will Brinson and John Breach and producer Harry, I'm Ryan Wilson. Thanks for joining us and commenting and leaving all your thoughts. And uh, we'll see you guys later this week. Stay warm, Breach. I'm trying. Bye.